Welcome to the City Life Podcast. I'm Tim Woody, the pastor of City Life Church in downtown Fort Worth. There is purpose for your life. There's a destiny you have yet to walk into, and there is hope regardless of what you're facing today. I encourage you to open your heart now to what God will be speaking to you over these next few minutes. Hey, I, w- I want to let you know something really cool. Uh, we, for, for a while, we had had the front parking spaces out here blocked off. And starting today, you notice that they're not blocked off. So we're designating that. That's, and we'll have new signage out there by next week. But we're designating that for young families and for those who, have, who are physically unable. You know, you prefer to physically be closer. That may be elderly or some, some physical reason why you just want to be closer. Uh, do you guys think that's a good idea, or do you want us to put the cones back up? Give both cones. Okay, open them up to young families. And okay, good, good. This is passes. This is the first time we've actually done a congregational vote on something, and you guys actually did it. So that that's going to start next Sunday. So start using them. Use those spaces and uh, and enjoy them. Now, if you can, if you can walk. 20 or 30 feet then park in the other place but, uh, but I think that's going to be a, a good thing for us next Sunday my Easter message is about the mercy seat and I'm just let me tell you a little bit about that the mercy seat is the top of the Ark of the Covenant so I'm talking about the Holy of Holies the Ark of the Covenant and the direct parallel to the empty tomb some powerful revelation can't wait to share that with you. I'm excited to preach next Sunday. Two services, 9.30 and 11. I uh, just want to do a quick quick hand poll again. How many of you guys are going to be at 9.30? This, this service right here. How many of you guys are going to be at the 11 o'clock? All right. All right. Good. Good. And my mom has said she's definitely coming to the 11 o'clock service. It's been, I don't know how many years since she's been, been able to be in church here, but, but I'm excited about her coming and, and seeing my mom. So y'all be nice to her. Okay? Just say nice things to her because she she'll she'll like she's like over the top proud of her son. So so just make her feel good about it. And if there's you know, just say it nice like yeah, he's he's nice or, or something, something. It'll make it'll make me feel a little bit better. But and while you're uh while before we get started here, go ahead and get your Bible Bibles open to two locations. I'm gonna put that on the screen. Deut- Deuteronomy 28.1 and Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. Leave that up there for a few, for a little bit here so we can find those two locations. But Rebecca, I was just going to ask everyone to open your Bibles to to something, so I won't do that. I'll just read it. (laughs) But we match. Did you see that? Did you notice? Yes, because we're married. We're married. If we took photos, like, what do they call selfies? Yeah. But we don't. Yeah, we (laughs) we don't. If we did. This afternoon, Tim and I are going to go to honor this man that was in our lives, this family that was in our, in our lives 27, 28 years ago. Yeah. It's a memorial service, and it really has been 27 years wow. since we've seen a lot of these people. But we go with these hearts that when we see each other, it's like no time has passed people that have meant so much in our lives. We served on staff with this um, this gentleman and his family when we were first married, and <clears throat> it was a large church and a large staff, and 
um, we were planning our, our wedding and I got real close and I kept asking, where are we going on our honeymoon? This is sounds so silly, but I was, I was 20. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But you know, cause, because the girl d does most of the other part, right? Of the wedding. And you know, we just divvy that up right there. And so Tim just kept saying, um, I can't. I don't know yet. I don't know yet. Right till the end. And I was really upset because I wasn't, you know, I was just like, well, I'm not in a hurry. You know, I want to go on a honeymoon. And I remember, did my mom call you or my mom answered? Your, no, your mom called me. Yes. And, and back <laughs> in those days, you know, it, would, it would be after what, 10 o'clock because yeah. you had the, a dollar minute. I don't remember, but yes. And she asked him, she said, um, do you really, I was upset about the honeymoon thing. Tim never said no, but he just said, just trust me. Yeah. Trust me as I trust God. And I, um, my mom asked him, is it that you really don't want to marry her? And you just try. And Tim's like, no, that was my Latina mom. And then, so I remember Tim just said, just trust me as I trust God. And I asked my dad, I said, what do you think about that? And he said, es, es un hombre de Dios, como yo. He said, he's a man of God like I am. Trust him. And I did, and I'll never forget Chuck Thompson, who was the business administrator for this ministry that we were a part of. Their family came all the way from um, Cedar Hill to San Antonio and at our, to be at our wedding. And at the reception, I saw him hand Tim this white envelope. I probably still have it somewhere. And um, Tim opened it, and he, and he later he came. He said, "Hey, we're going to Acapulco." <laughs> what had happened is that week that we were, Tim was gone preparing and had come. That Wednesday, Chuck had asked the pastor and pleaded with him if he could um, talk to some other friends or members, and they took up a little offering, and. Um, Face ID. I don't do that. I don't know how to do it. Okay. Go. That's when you look at it. I know, but I don't want to look at it. It reminded me. It reminded me of this. Later, later on with these, with these people that we're, we're going to see that meant so much to us and carried us in ministry when we were so young. And my dad was a pastor. Jim's dad was a pastor. And we were just now trying out our own faith in life. And we went through some very difficult things as a staff at this church. And we had a choice to have courage and trust God and see the brilliance of God and the faithfulness and the resilience of his people. And we did, we, yeah. did. Yeah, we did. And these people were around us and it, it could have been like um, a very bad time if we'd made yeah. wrong choices and ran, and, but we stayed and yeah. we saw it through. Yeah. And that's what I think about when I think of going to see these people and to honor this man and his family and others that'll be there. And, and this morning um, I told him, I have a word God put on my heart Habakkuk 
3. So you can look it up later. Habakkuk 3. And it says, the Lord, it says, Lord, I have heard of your fame. And I stand in awe of your deeds, Lord. Repeat them in our day, in our time. Make them known. And wrath, and in wrath, remember mercy and it just... I just said, Lord, you know, the things you did in my life that many years ago, you continue to be faithful and faithful and faithful. But if you don't have that, if you don't know that fame, if you don't know God to be famous, try. Seek him and see what he will do for you. It's going to take a little bit of faith. Yeah. Just a little bit. It's going to take a little bit of obedience. But I promise you, you will know the fame of God. And you will. Yeah. And that's where I say again, and I yeah. just, it's a word from God for you today of Lord. Repeat those deeds in our day. Yeah. And in our time, make them known. Yeah. So we remember the glory of God. Yeah. Thank you, God. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Wow, I mean, that's a good lead into what I'm going to be talking about today. Uh, really, really is. I just want to throw this out here that I, I was listening to Lindsay at the beginning saying something to the effect of, man, it's, there's been some tough stuff going on, and some of you have been facing that. But I want you to wait till the end of the message today because we're going to make some declarations and proclamations based on the Word of God for you and for your families, for your businesses and your homes. Uh, God is up to big things. We just have to engage with Him. And uh, I'm excited to share with you today. There's a favorite proverb of mine, and it's, uh, it's Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25. I remember reading this and seeing this for the first time. I'd probably read it or heard of it before, but I remember seeing it when I was about 20 years old. And it's this proverb, Proverbs 11:25, and it says, "The generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will be refreshed." And I'll just tell you, I have never met a person who exudes generosity, who is miserable or bitter or envious or they're controlled by materialism. I haven't. In fact, Proverbs chapter 11, that that same passage from the message version reads this way. Listen to this. It says, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. And the one who blesses is abundantly blessed. That, my friend, is true. So what I've decided to entitle today's message is this, the generous man will prosper. Write that down. The generous man will prosper because that is the, the point, the main point I want to talk about today. Now, I, I want to say this right up front today, that today's message is about giving, and giving and tithing is definitely the most singular hot topic in Western churches I preach on giving maybe a couple times a year, once or twice a year, but I do this because it's central to the gospel. In fact, Jesus taught more about giving 
than he did about any other single topic. Did you know that? I mean, even more than heaven or hell, he talked about that. And, and the reason is, is because giving reflects our hearts, because it engages our hearts. And so, so I, I do want to mention this to you, though. If you're visiting here today, if you're, you're just checking us out, maybe you're newly attending, here's, here's my request to you. I just want you just to enjoy this message today. Will you just, just relax, enjoy this message today? Those of you who have been around, you know me. You know I don't twist arms or anything like that. So, but I want you just to listen and enjoy this. I, I'm, I'm going to say I do not want you to feel compelled in any way to participate. But I truly believe, for you especially, that there's going to be something in this message, and I want you to tune your ears into what God is saying to you, that you will be able to apply directly into your life regarding the topic of generosity in your life. So, so open your heart up to that. If you're uh, also, if you're visiting here and you're a part of another church, I know we have some people here from another church today, from Mississippi. Good to see y'all. Elizabeth Haberman's family's here now, I'll, I'll, because I know you guys are from another church. Listen, listen carefully to me right here. Your tithe does not belong here. Don't you dare give the tithe from your church to this church. It belongs in the house where you are being fed. All right, that's very important to me. So, uh, th- and so this is, so just listen to your heart. And I just want you to respond appropriately. Uh, and, and I'll also just put these, I gotta put these out here real quick just to help us all relax. This is not an attempt to get you to give more money so I can get a raise. I, I, this is not a commission-based business or anything like that. We don't, I, don't get a, I don't get a cut. It, does, it doesn't work that way. My salary is not based upon what you give or anything like that. And, and then the second thing. Uh, we're, yeah, that's good. <laughs> this message today is not being shared with you because our church is in a financial crisis. Now, I've been pastoring here for a while, and we've hit some, we've hit some bumps and I've come to you and I've just said, we're in a tough spot, and, but we're not. So this is not an attempt to, to do that. I'm not, not going to manipulate you at all. Uh, we are, we're not in a financial crisis. In fact, board members who are here with me, you know that on Wednesday night we had our board meeting and we are actually financially stronger as a church than this church has ever been since its inception. And I thank God for that. I do. I thank God for that. That's huge. But... At the same time, the way that functions is City Life Church doesn't receive offerings so that we can build up some huge, big, nice bank account. I, I, I actually, I think it's, it's wise to have some margin, very wise. But here's the truth. At some point, Jesus is going to return, and we're all going to be out of here, and I don't want to leave some big, nice, fluffy bank account for the Antichrist. I, I just don't. I, I don't. I don't get thrilled about that. I want it to be out for the purposes of the gospel. And so we don't have a nice big bank account also so that we can feel comfortable because, because actually the truth is comfort is an enemy of faith and comfort is an enemy of the gospel. But here's the truth. It's that generosity as it flows through God's people allows funds to flow to spread the gospel and to build up the body of Christ. And that's what this is about. Ultimately, what we like to say around here, it's about making Jesus known. So I'm just going to be very clear with you. I'm going to unashamedly challenge you to think deeply about personal generosity and understanding that it really simply reflects the condition of your heart. And, and, uh, and let's just enjoy this today, together, okay? Yeah. Deal? Deal. All right. Now, God actually created giving 
as, uh, as a way to help us get rid of greed and selfishness in our lives because that kind of stuff destroys us and God doesn't want us to be destroyed. But fundamentally today, fundamentally today in this particular message about giving, I'm going to declare the truth that God blesses generous people. He does. God wants his children to be blessed. Any loving father or mother completely understands that principle. Now, I'll also say this. I, I've got to be honest with you because sometimes I, I always hesitate and, and my pulse races a little bit when I get ready to speak on this topic because I know there's some offbeat preaching on this topic. And the offbeat preaching basically says this. It's, it's like, hey, if you give, you're going to get. You give this $500 offering and cha-ching, tomorrow morning in your bank account uh, is going to be $5,000. And, and, and you'll be shouting like, yeah, praise Praise God. And, you'll, and then, 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 then you look at your bank account and you go, thank you, Jeannie. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. Well, okay. Okay. Let's just stop right there. I don't think God is thrilled about that kind of preaching. I'm not knocking any preacher who might do that because I don't, I don't go there. I don't knock other preachers, but I'm just saying, I don't, I'm not into that because that's the motivation of getting rather than giving. But God does love his children and God does desire us to be blessed. And generosity is one of the avenues that God uses to bless his children. Um, in fact, tithing and giving is commanded all through the scriptures from the very beginning actually to the end. But I want us to look at that first passage of scripture that I shared with you, Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 1. Here's the setting of this. Just before God's people crossed over into the promised land to take the promised land, Moses got, gathered all the children of Israel around and they had a nice big long meeting and, and, and Moses reminded them of the Lord's commands. God has commanded these certain things for us to do. One of those actually being generosity and tithing and giving. But, but what, as he was reminding them of the importance of the commands of God, he talked about what happens to people who function under the covering of God and his ways and his commands. Some of you didn't know this was in the Bible, and this is actually one of the most beautiful passages in the entire Old Testament. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1. You should have this marked in your Bibles. Some of you may even want to memorize it. All right, here it is. Deuteronomy 28, verse 1. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. All these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you follow the Lord your God. You will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. I like that because God doesn't differentiate between city folks or country folks. You can live here in downtown Fort Worth or you can live in Crescent. I, you know, you, I, you can live any of those places and God loves you. You're just as blessed, all right? Yeah, you can even live in Gun Barrel City out there, all right? It says the fruit of your womb, that means your children, your family will be blessed and the crops, the crops of your land and the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds and the lambs of your flocks. You might say, I don't have any of that. Actually, that was how people's, that's, that was people's work back then primarily. So that's your job. That's your work. Your basket and your kneading trough, that means your kitchen and your pantry will be blessed. You'll be blessed when you come in and you'll be blessed when you go out. I like that. You'll be blessed when you come in and you're going to be 
blessed when you come out. <laughs> I like it. T- tonight, you're going to walk in. You, today, when you walk in your house, you're just blessed when you walk in, and you're blessed when you walk out. When you go to the job tomorrow, you're blessed when you walk in, you're blessed when you walk out. Keep going. Keep going here. The Lord will grant <laughs> that the enemies who rise up against you, any of you got any enemies? Don't raise your hand, because I know you do. <laughs> the Lord will grant that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They will come at you from one direction, but will flee from you in seven. Thank you, God. The Lord will send a blessing on your barns. You might say, don't have a barn. Well, you own something. All right. So God will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hand to. The Lord, your God will bless you in the land he is giving you. The Lord will establish you. I love this. As his holy people, as he promised you on oath. And if you keep the commands of the Lord, your God and walk in obedience to them, then All the peoples on earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they will fear you. Actually, this is the principle of of the blessing that we speak at the end of our services regularly that that we want the blessing of God on our lives so that people will see Jesus in us. We make Jesus known, all right? We glow with Jesus. So, oh, I love that. I love this. I love this. I love this. And it says, the Lord... See, then all the peoples of the earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they will fear you and the Lord will grant you abundant prosperity in the fruit of your womb, the young of your livestock and the crops of your ground and the land he swore to your ancestors to give you. The Lord will open the heavens, open heavens over your life the storehouse of his bounty and send rain on your land in season and to bless all the works of your hands. That's the second time God said, I'll bless the works of your hand. Whatever you're doing, he's going to bless it. You will lend to many nations and will not borrow. That this means God, God wants to see you get out of debt and God wants you to have an abundance so you can help other people, right? That's what that means. And it says the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. I mean, I... I any of you been around animals, you know, the tail, that's, that's like not where you want to hang out, right? There's the head and there's the tail. So just, just think about that a little bit, and that helps you to see what here. See right here, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. If you pay attention to the commands of the Lord your God that I give you this day and carefully follow them, you will always be at the top, never at the bottom. Did you guys know this was in the Bible? Do not turn aside from any of the commands I give you today to the right or to the left following other gods or serving that. So in other words, God wants to bless you. And God blesses people. He wants to bless his people in an abundance of different ways. And that's an important thing because a lot of times we just think of blessing as a bank account. And that's really, really wrong thinking. But God wants to bless in abundance of ways. But the truth is, God blesses generous people. And I believe that generosity actually begins with the tithe, uh, above really any other type of, uh, of generosity. Now, I personally began tithing when I was five years old. I've told you this before. My mom's going to be here next Sunday. And she's the one who taught me to tithe when I was five years old. She gave me my first first wonderful, wonderful allowance. It was 25 cents. And she put that quarter down and then she kindly, very nicely had other coins to break it up into to show me that that two or probably like three pennies really belonged to the Lord. And when Sunday came, I needed to give those three cents to God. That's how I began tithing. And I never quit God as my witness. There were even times when I wasn't even serving God, but I was tithing. And I'm not proud of not serving God, but I'm not proud of tithing. I'm just saying this has become a part of my life. It is a lifestyle to me. It, it's, it's never been a burden. It's not always been easy. 
No, but it's never been a burden, and it's, but it's always been a joy. In fact, the word tithe means tenth or 10%. It, it, it refers to returning a tenth of what you have earned, of what God blesses you with, and you give it back to God because really it all belongs to God anyway. And, and it's an act of faith. It's an act of trust. And it's an act of humility. Again, it's not always easy, but I have never regretted tithing. Rebecca, we have never regretted tithing. Never. Because it's not our money anyway. It's God's. There's even a time uh, several years ago, Rebecca, you remember, we, there was no income. There was zero income. And so at that point, what do you do? Well, we couldn't tithe. There was no income. But, but even in that time, we would still find a way to be generous. We would still give something. Uh, and, and, and sure, it may not have compared to what it was before, but God doesn't look at the amount. It's not the amount that counts. We would still find a way, even in that deep, deep time of hardship, we found a way to simply be generous. And uh, that's what we call an offering. It's something that's above the tithe or separate from the tithe. Uh, but, but the way I see it is that anything that comes through my hands, anything, is a blessing from Jesus, and that's how God uses me. In fact, the tithe is foundational. Uh, is the, the, in fact, the vision for our church, it has to be funded. We do have a huge vision, and it's to expand the work of God in this city and also to the nations and on this earth. And generosity is an essential key to help us get there. Here's an interesting factoid, uh, very interesting. I, and I don't know what to make of it, but I'll just tell you, because usually each year I'll tell you about the percentage of people in our congregation that, that tithe. And, and typically for years it's been about 60 to 70 percent of the people who attend our church do not tithe uh and people who attend regularly i'm just telling regular attenders i'm not getting on anybody i'm not pointing at anybody because i don't know i don't care about that but interestingly enough covid came and then everything changed today one year later i would say only approximately 35 to 40 percent actually do not tithe in our church how did that get reversed don't ask me because I haven't been preaching on tithing the whole time either. You guys know that. But here's the truth. Everyone who comes here receives the full benefits of this ministry regardless of whether you give or not. That's important to me because we do not charge for the gospel. We do not charge to be a part of this fellowship, nor will we other. We, we won't. Yet at the same time, it has to be funded. I mean, try running a business where you don't charge for anything. It doesn't work. Some people say the church is like a business. Actually, it's not. It's, trust me, it's not. Business aspects, but it's not like a business. Try running your business that way. Good luck, all right? Because the church is designed to be different. It's a faith organization. In fact, the truth is a person can come to this church for 40 years. We haven't even been around for 40 years. Not even close but a person can come here for 40 years and never give one penny and they will still be able to receive the same spiritual nourishment. Here's what's interesting here is, is we even have, I, I, I will call one person out. We do have a, a man back here that we've taken off the streets, Jack. And we've taken him off the streets. He was attending this church and Jack has given faithfully. He has given faithfully ever since his first day here. He gives and gives and gives and gives and gives and gives and gives. Uh, for some people, Jack gives, Jack, 
homeless, who we've now, we take care of him. We put him in a place to live. He gives more than some other people who have been here for years. Figure that out. I can't figure that out. But here's one of the other interesting facts about that. How did God set him up to be blessed, to have a roof over his head, to have a, a refrigerator full of food? And yeah, I know you have way too much food in that refrigerator, Jack. <laughs> Air conditioning and heating, bus passes, way to get around town, a family to care for him. I think part of that has to do with the fact that he understands the principle of generosity. Does it work? Some people say, well, if it would work for the homeless, it would work for me. Uh, hello? Do your own case study. Does anyone like to do a case study? One-week case study and just take, spend, spend a week with him and figure out how it works. Okay, good. Well, if you want to, you be my guest so you can try to prove me right or wrong. Deal? Yeah. All right. It's true. I'm not going to lie to you. But if you want to enlarge your faith, if you want to be a part of something great in your own life, if you want to receive... Not just rewards on this earth, because that's actually so temporal. If you want to receive eternal rewards because lost people are going to be in heaven because of, because of God's work flowing through you, be generous. Just be generous. And again, it starts with the tithe. And here's, here's a testimony based on Scripture that I've heard over and over and over from generous people over this past year. Just this past year is Philippians 4.19, which says this, My God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Which really, is the, the blessing is this, My God has been supplying all of my needs according to his riches and glory because he's got all everything, all the resources. Thank you, Jesus. That's what I hear from the people who are generous all around me, all this, all this whole past year. Not that it's been easy, but God is meeting needs. When we choose not to tithe, though, actually, we're, we're, we're hurting ourselves. We're afflicting ourselves. Malachi chapter 3 says we're even putting ourselves under a curse. Uh, and here in Malachi chapter 3, uh, the, uh, God has a little conversation. I want you to look at that passage, Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. Because God has this back and forth conversation with his people. And he explains how generosity is a key to blessing and how stinginess actually opens the door to curses. It's right here in the scriptures. So look at this in Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. It says, I, the Lord, do not change. Now, what does that mean? That means he doesn't change. The God of the Old Testament is the same as God as the New Testament. Jesus taught about tithing. It's taught about in the book of Hebrews. It's, it's in the both New and, and Old Testament. But he says, so you, the descendants of Jacob, that means my people, you are not destroyed. In other words, God could kill you if he wanted, but he's not going to. God's not going to do that to you. But he said, ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees, which is they're doing the opposite of what Moses said back in Deuteronomy, and you've not kept them. But look at, look at the plea of God. He just re returned to me, and I'll return to you, says the Lord. But you ask, well, how are we to return? <laughs> so that's the question. God's people say, okay, then how do we do this returning to you, God? And then God says, will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, well, how are we robbing you, God? God answers himself in this conversation in tithes and offerings. Okay, here's the, here's the sobering part. He says, you're under a curse, your whole nation, because you're robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse 
that there may be food in my house. The storehouse is the local church. It's the local ministry. That's where you are fed. That's where, that's where the, the, the life comes from, all right? So that there may be food in my house. And that doesn't literally mean snacks, okay? That, that means spiritual nourishment. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. This is the only place in Scripture where God says, put me to the test. I dare you. Put me to the test. Really? Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not open the floodgates of heaven. We just read about that in Deuteronomy, remember? And pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I'll prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines of your field will not drop their, their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Again, going back to that passage in Deuteronomy. And then all the nations will call you blessed. Again, going back to that passage we just read. For yours will be a delightful land. People are going to recognize there's blessing on your life. There's blessing on your life. It couldn't be more clear. The scriptures are just really, really clear on this. Uh, but I, I, I want to just take this and make this a little more personal. And so I, I just sat down the other day and I just started writing out reasons why I tithe. And, and so this is a, just kind of the personal part on my end. Um, why do I tithe? Well, I tithe to honor God. Uh, God is the creator. Um, he's a sustainer. I wrote this out for myself. He's the redeemer. He's a friend of all mankind. He's a friend to sinners and saints, everyone. He's the eternal God who created everything in this universe, including his highest creation, which is us. It's you and me. It's mankind. Therefore, God is the only one who is qualified to know what is ultimately best for me. That's why I tithe. I also tithe because of what God has done for me, because God gave me his own son, Jesus Christ, and he has given me life and life to the full. He has saved my soul from eternal destruction. He keeps me safe and protected from the hazards of this life, and he has blessed me. I'm telling you, he has blessed me more than I deserve. And he said, test me in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, and God has proven over and over and over to me. He has proved himself. Yeah, you put me to the test, Tim. Am I passing, Tim? I was like, yeah, God, you're passing the test. I tithe because it's God's plan for financing his work. And so I, I don't question God about his plan and his methods, but I can tell you honestly, after more than 50 years of experience in tithing, I am fully confident God knew what he was talking about when he said in Leviticus chapter 27 that the tithe is holy. It's holy to the Lord. Another reason I tithe is because tithing gives me authentic joy. It really does. In fact, one of the things that I do is I set up my giving on recurring giving. So it goes through on Saturdays, and I get a little, uh, I think I get a little email saying, okay, your, your tithes went through. And, and I just, yeah, I, yes, it's just, I just gave it, it just happened. I, I love, it actually gives me authentic joy. And, and through the years, though, as a pastor, I have noticed that, People who tend to carry the most authentic joy are the people who tithe. Uh, it's, it's, for me, it's the simple knowledge of knowing that I'm doing God's will through my generosity, and that gives me peace of mind. It gives me joy to my heart, and I know it pleases God. Another reason why I tithe is I tithe because lost souls need the gospel. Uh, again, God says in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, that to bring all the tithes into my storehouse so that there will be food in my house. This is the place where the lost will be found 
where people are discipled. This is the place where marriages and families are healed. This is the place where Christian fellowship flourishes. This is the place where the disenfranchised are taken care of. This is the place where God works miracles. This is the place where demons are bound and cast out. This is the place where people's lives are, are literally rescued from hell to give an eternity in heaven. Here in this place, people are built up in their faith so they can make a difference on their cultural street and we don't charge for it. Find anyone who does anything close to that. <laughs> We're not another nonprofit. Sometimes I feel a little offended when someone says, Oh, you're, you're a nonprofit. It's like, What? <laughs> no, we're not another nonprofit. We're the church of the living God. I tithe also because I desire God's blessings on my life. Yeah, I don't, that's not selfish either. I, I want God's blessings. How many of you would like blessings on your life? Okay, you don't have to raise your hand. I know you do. So it's not selfish. I, I know that God can and will bless. So the remaining 90% of my income that I'm left with is, is more blessed than me trying to figure out how to bless the 100% that I have. And, uh, and if, if I left God out of the equation, I truly believe this, that there, there would be more problems for me. God says, as I tithe, he will, as I tithe, he pours out a blessing on me so that there will not be room enough to receive it. That blessing is broad. I don't, that doesn't mean dollars fall from the sky, but it means God blesses. And that has always been true in my life. I tithe also because I want to reap a huge harvest. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 says that if I sow sparingly, that means if I sow just a few seeds, I'm going to reap just a few plants or just a few just a just a little bit so if i sow sparingly i will reap sparingly but it says if i sow generously i will reap a generous harvest galatians chapter 6 verse 7 says that a person reaps whatever they sow so i believe that i am by, with, through my generosity i sow seed for a harvest ultimately ultimately this is this is, this is me okay ultimately it's for a harvest that i'm going to be reaping forever in eternity and forever is a whole lot longer than life on this earth. I wish my dad could tell us about that right now. I also tithe because I want to counteract the lure of materialism. It, it does help you with that. You know we're all way too materialistic in our culture. I'm not here to preach on materialism, but this is one of the ways God helps me with that. Because if I simply am building up treasures for myself on this earth that have no lasting value, that are going to be wasted, it's foolish. I mean, the, the scriptures actually say this, and you know this, your stuff is all going to burn up and blow away someday. Yeah. It is. Do you remember 15 years ago when you got that wonderful, beautiful, shiny car and it was going to be the best thing? And where is it now? That's what I thought, <laughs> Okay. Tithing is an investment in eternity, and it disciplines me to push back on American materialism. That is my best method. That's why I don't really preach a lot about resisting materialism, because this is the method right here. I tithe because I don't want to rob God. I just I don't want to rob him. If I, if I were to uh, talk to my wife here, Rebecca, and, and say, hey, after church today, let's go over to Riata. Let's walk over there. You know, it's just a few blocks, and it's a wonderful, beautiful Texas restaurant, and, and then we just dined to our hearts content and enjoyed it, the amazing spread, but then walked out the door without paying for it. Truth is, I know our downtown cops around here. I, we wouldn't make it a couple of blocks. We would not even make it back here to the church before they would stop us. And they, you know, they'd be on our tail. They'd stop us. And, 
I would deserve any punishment they would give me. Uh, so, so as a result, I've just chosen I'm not going to rob Riata. Deal? Yeah. I think that's smart. I'm not going to rob Riata. But if I won't rob Riata, why would I rob God? As we close today, I have a few things I want you to receive. First of all, I want you to be in receiving mode. Um, we're going to receive an offering here in a little bit, but that's not where we are right now. But I, I, I've, I felt strongly that we need to declare the practical truths in Deuteronomy chapter 27, or excuse me, Deuteronomy 28, over our lives, over our families, over our homes, over our businesses. And I want us to do that now. Here, here's, here's the reason. Because some of you, you're, 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 you're going to begin tithing today. And these promises are for you because you're walking in obedience to God's word. Second reason is many of you already are tithing. But it, it's kind of like what Lindsay said earlier. You're just in this really difficult, tough space. It's just like, oh. And I, I just believe we need to declare some truth. And I want you to receive this. I want you to receive this. In fact, if you will just, I don't know, just close your eyes. Listen to these words because I'm going to speak blessing over you from Deuteronomy 28 in today's language. Receive this. May you be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. May your family be blessed. May your business and career generate more income. May your pantry and dinner table be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in, and you will be blessed when you go out. May the Lord grant you victory over those who rise up against you, and may your enemies flee from you. May the Lord bless your, uh, bless your property and your land. May he bless whatever you put your hand to. May the Lord establish you. May people clearly recognize that the grace and blessing of Jesus is on you. May you be granted abundant prosperity. May God continually provide an open heavens over your life so that all your needs will be met. May your debts be demolished and may you be able to become a blessing to other people who are in need. May the Lord make you the head and not the tail. May you always be at the top and never at the bottom. And God, right now, I just want to pray for a release of miracles, for miracles in homes and in families that you are blessing. You are blessing in Jesus' name. You are blessing. You are blessing in Jesus' name. About ready to give our tithes and offerings, but I just thought about this. I, I sent a little report out to our, our board early this morning and, uh, about something that we've been kind of grappling with. Is we, in order for us to have office space for our, our church, and we, we come up again to the end of a lease, and you know they always like to jack the prices up real high. And what are you going to do? And, and uh, so. We were considering we're just going to kind of, we may just give up the offices and, you know, just to be conservative. Who knows? The office out of our cars. We've done it before. We have. And it's, nobody's afraid to do that. Uh, 
you know what? That space is important to us. It really is. And it's just right across the street. And, and uh, so we gave it to the Lord. And I talked to the leasing company again. And I just said, hey, we like you guys. But I, I just said, you know what? I could, I could go over to a high-rise here with overlooking downtown Fort Worth. The beautiful property. Same thing you're charging me to live in a basement over here. But I love y'all. <laughs> I, and they said, well, well, you're our best tenant. And how does that sound? All of a sudden, they're recognizing the grace of God. That doesn't mean we're better. That just means they recognize the grace of God. I say, no, you're our very best tenant. We don't want to lose you. You're our best. They said, we're going to work out a deal for you you can't say no to. And they cut, they cut $10,000 off of our lease agreement. And now... <laughs> truth is, we're going to be able to, to make those offices even better and, and make them more livable for us, and, and, but at the same time, we will be paying less than we ever, I mean, ever have before in the history of the church, and so I just see that like, that's just another blessing, that's a blessing, that's a, that, those are the kind of blessings that I just want, you got to get on the edge, and, and I didn't call them up and say, you guys are the worst building in town, you know, I didn't, wasn't mean to anybody, I was generous with my words, I was also honest, and I said, we want to, we, we're neighbors, we're neighbors, and they said, yeah, you know what, we want our neighbors to continue to be neighbors, so that's just a little thing, that's, well, it's a huge thing, but it's a little thing, see what God just did, God just set us up for something that's a win-win-win for everyone, I thank God for that. We're about to give our tithes and offerings. And I, and I want to let you know, we have three ways to give. Just take a look at this. Give to the City Life app or online. If you don't have the City Life Church app, I'm going to ask you just to get your phone and download it now. I, I really hope everyone will because that's actually one of our best ways of staying in touch with everyone. But you, you, we also have it set up so you can give through. The way to find the City Life Church app is you just go to your little app store or whatever, the Google Happy Store. That's not what it's called. What is it called? Play. Play, play happy, and all this yeah. But but you go to go to that and you just type in City Life Church Fort Worth and you'll see our City Life logo and you'll know that's the right one. Sometimes it's funny because sometimes other people download the, the City Life app, they download our app at a different City Life Church somewhere, and they, they start giving us their offerings. We're like, hey, wait a minute, we don't know you. Um, we've always given it back. But but I want us to make you know make sure you got the right City Life Church. But there is that through the City Life app online and, and on the City Life app in the lower right hand corner on that home screen is a little button. There's a little tiny one in the bottom. Bottom right that says give. And that's how you can set it up. In fact, one of the things I encourage you to do is to set up tithing on a recurring basis. That way it just happens. Uh, you know, I I pay my mortgage recurring. I pay my car payment recurring. There's so many things I do recurring. Like why not do that for my tithes? Because I know I'm gonna give it. And I like to set up my recurring. I do it every Saturday so that it goes out on Saturday every single week. And it's a reminder. I love it when I get the little message like, you just gave your tithes. So I'm like, yeah. And that does bring joy to my heart. But that also frees me up so that when I'm here on Sunday and God speaks to me, I want you to give an offering. I want you to do this. I want you to do that. I don't feel like, oh, I've still got to tithe. No, I've already tithed. That's the basic. And so now I can, I can even be more generous. That, that works for me. If it works for you, great. But that works for me. 
The second way to give is at the giving station. We do have a giving station in the foyer. Uh, and the third way is through the giving envelopes. And this, there's this way. And there's even a little place on the back where you can put the credit or debit card information. You can check, cash check, uh, however that works. But any way that you give works just fine for us. And uh, those are the three ways to give. And I'm just, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and prepare an offering, prepare your tithes for today. Uh, you know, if, if companies, there are actually companies out there who try to tell pastors how to, how to do this so they can have more. Like they say, the worst Sunday to ever do it is the last Sunday of a month because nobody's been paid yet. So you know what I want to do? I chose today, the last Sunday of the month, like, you know what? I, it's not about us trying to get anything. It's about doing the right thing for ourselves. You know, I want you to do the right thing for yourself. So I'm not trying to get anything from you. Uh, this is the last Sunday of the month, and I, I'm just asking you to make it, to give an offering and make a commitment. You can start giving, tithing whenever you're ready. But along with this, I'm going to ask us to do one other thing. And this is something that I ask us to do annually. And, and this is just for the people who attend here regularly. So y'all aren't allowed. The others aren't allowed to do this. But but uh, you may want to fill this out for your own home church if you're if you're away right now. But there's a little generosity card that's on that little clip. And I'm, I'm going to ask each one of you to grab the little uh, next cards and the pin and the clip with the offering envelope. Grab those. They're in, in the seat right in front of you. Grab those and take a look at the little thing that says generosity card. Will you do that? And the generosity card is very, very simple. In fact, you can even tell we did not go out and spend a lot of money to have these printed because some of them are even crooked here. But I want you to look at this generosity card, and it's very simple. Your name, phone number, and email. I do not want to know an amount. It's not about the amount. You hear me again? It's not about the amount. It's about the sacrifice. It's about the generosity. And then just declare your generosity stands for the year. Maybe for you, it's like, you know what? I'm just going to start giving. I don't know how this is going to work out, but I'm going to start giving. And that is a great starting place, my friend. That is a, that right there, that is a leap of faith for some of you. I'm just going to start giving. Others of you, your generosity stance is going, you know what, I'm going to begin to tithe 10% or I'm going to continue to tithe for 10%. So you mark that. Others of you, I'm going to give above the tithe. So that would be the one you mark. But I'm going to ask everyone to participate in this. In just a few minutes, they're going to be passing baskets. It's still going to be a few minutes before they do that. But fill this out and drop this in the basket when it comes your way. Uh, and if you're filling out an offering envelope, you can drop it in that way as well. If you're watching online, uh, you can go to the City Life app or to the City Life uh, website. And you can also look at the links that they're dropping in there. And you can fill these out as well. Uh, now, if you'd like to, if you're a 100% digital kind of a person on the City Life app, the generosity card is on there. So you can even do it do it right there and, and uh, have a little more fun with it. So if you're 30 or younger, you can do that. If you're my age, you can just do the old-fashioned pen and paper method. So here's what, I'm, here's what I want you to remember. It's not about the amount. It's not about the, the gifts. Really, it's about the sacrifice. It's not about everyone trying to do equal gifts. That's not how it works in God's kingdom. And if you are visiting here today again, I want to thank you. I just want to thank you for your courage to drop your guard and listen and open your heart. And I want to pray for you right now before she sings. And we're just going to listen to this worship while you fill out cards. And maybe some of you are setting up your giving online. But, but uh, while we're doing this over these next two or three minutes, I want to just to mention to you and pray for you 
that God will bless you abundantly with whatever he has revealed to you and you'll be able to take it out of here and apply it to your life personally. So God, I, I pray specifically for those who are visitors and guests who are here today, uh, those who are not a regular attendee of, the, of this church. I pray for you to give, uh, just, just to continue to give revelation and help them to put the pieces together regarding how specifically they should apply this to their own lives regarding generosity. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Listen to this. Have you discovered your street of influence? Whether it be family, government, business, arts and entertainment, faith, health and vitality, or education, head over to culturalstreets.com and discover your street today.